I really think that change creates growth and growth is like the pinnacle part of who you are as a person. If you don't continue growing, then you'll be dead. It's the same thing with like innovation, right? Right. If you don't innovate, you die. And it's like, that's how I look at life. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Low, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. I'm so excited for this conversation. I'm just feeling into it because I've been talking to one of my dear friends before we started recording. And I'm just grounding in the gratitude I have for this incredible man. So today I want to welcome a dear friend of mine who is the co-founder of True Wild, a bomb-ass company that is really a company known for natural nutrition that is focused on outdoor enthusiasts and getting us all outside, which is what your girl Lo is trying to do these days. <laughs> Please welcome Zach Curhan to the House of Lo podcast. How are you, my friend? I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Been waiting a while to do this. And <laughs> I am so grateful that we finally can actually talk on live. Me so. too. We have the best conversation, Zach and I, truly. Zach is a very rare human <laughs> and Ouch. very, very, very divinely masculine and also very empathic and deeply loving and strong and all the things. I'm so grateful that I actually met Zach through one of my best friends, Teal, who's been on the podcast. And we were always going to meet because we were always going to need each other in this crazy life. <laughs> We need to have a recorder every call that we have because we have some <laughs> golden stuff that we just like, shines out. Yeah, and we don't remember any call, of it. <laughs> yeah, after the call, I'm like, what just happened? We just have some magical things that we both are like, wow, that was one in a million type yeah. of thing. Like so. we could be having the worst day and after our calls, we're, we text each other after and we're like, wow, I feel so much better. Thanks for chatting. So what a gift that it really is. Our friendship is is so near and dear to me. And I'm so excited for this conversation today. For everybody listening, I'm recording from the Adirondack Mountains in Lit, New York, which is about an hour north of where I'm from in upstate New York, the real upstate for all the New York City people. Poughkeepsie is not upstate. <laughs> and I am literally in an area that has no internet service and phone service. So Zach, you'll be proud because I'm really becoming one with Mother Earth. <laughs> but Zach, where are you recording from? Yeah, that's funny. I'm recording from Vail, Colorado. So I'm taking Ugh. a solo retreat to the mountains and just trying to ground myself, find my inner peace and just kind of reflect on the, the past and look to the future. And I love this. I try to do this every year. And it's if, if I could show you guys what my view is like, <laughs> it's literally this perfect landscape painting of alpine trees, mountains, and just bright blue skies. So magical. I'm looking at his view right now, and it is just evergreen trees. And it's just that is what peace looks and feels like. So I'm so happy you're there. We're both recording from deep, deep in nature. What a gift. So 
Today's tea is on adventure coming from within. This is something that Zach really teaches and his mission is very much about helping us all realize that the adventure and the freedom we seek comes from within, that it's not something we have to seek outside of ourselves. And that I think one of the things you've taught me so much just leading by example in is that there's so much just around us all the time that can activate our sense of adventure and freedom. And as you know, I teach abundance and we talk a lot about abundance consciousness. And the main piece why people want more abundance is freedom. It's never about houses and cars and physical stuff when it comes to money. It's about a lot of people just feel trapped in their lives. I've talked about this on a couple different episodes recently. And as I have embarked on this big travel journey, as you know, I feel more free than I ever have. And it's actually like shined a light on how trapped I really felt for years in my life. What's your perspective? Talk to me about this adventure coming from within for a second. Yeah, I mean... It's something that recently kind of just sparked this like new interest within me and that I've realized that not everyone has that same sense of adventure yeah. that I do and sense of kind of just knowing. But like, for me, it's like, I think a lot of people are trapped. A lot of people are trapped in their day-to-day life. A lot of people are trapped in like what everyone else is doing. Yeah, They're kind of just like in this hamster wheel of life. And I quickly realized that like, it doesn't have to be that way. And that for me, adventure can mean so many different things with different meaning. But like for me, it's like it really starts from like looking inwards, right? And so and I think adventure from within, it's really freedom. It's independence. It's like getting out of your comfort zone. It's trying new things. It's like it's growth. And like it's funny because a friend told me this. I asked him, I said, what does adventure mean to you? And he's like, or travel or anything. And he's like, honestly, I live in Chicago. So adventure to me is like, in Chicago, when it's super cold in the winter and it's like never negative, like 10 degrees, yeah. it's like adventure to me is getting on a plane, going west, getting on the beach and seeing the sunshine. And I'm like, okay. And then he's like, then I moved to San Diego. And when I was in San Diego, it's perfectly sunny, 72 degrees every day. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, so that event that turned adventure to um change. And it's like, I live in adventure. And so then his whole definition of adventure completely changed. It's like, adventure is not a destination it's not a spot i travel to it's something that i personally connotate and like i'm defined and to me it kind of lit this light bulb of like wow adventure doesn't always have to mean climbing this tallest mountain surfing the biggest wave living life on the edge it's really starts within your own self and it means so differently and it like made me really realize that i was like wow that adventure means so much to different people but really starts from within your own personal agenda. Yeah, Mm, that is so powerful. And I would actually love from here for you to give a little bit of background on you and like where you grew up and just what you've learned in your life so far and what really led you to creating your company with this mission at the center of it. Okay, yeah. So I grew up, actually, I was born in Boston, raised in Maine, full of it, then jetted out to Santa Barbara, which I love. Thanks, parents, for doing that move. And since I've been a kid, like since I was six or seven, my parents have always taken me on trips, right? So I've always, and I'm very grateful for that. I've traveled the world with my family and every adventure we go on is somewhere new and it's always in- includes type of activity. So like yeah. biking, hiking, kayaking, snowboarding, skiing, like my family's very adventurous and very like active. And that kind of really, that was part of my DNA. 
right? And so I never really thought of that, but like that was kind of how I cultivated my personality and kind of my sole purpose. And then fast forward, let's say 2016, 2017, one of my roommates in Newport Beach, he worked for a manufacturer. He's very experienced when it comes to formulating products. He's like, yeah. honestly, he's the one who brainchild this and said, I really think that like there's no products in the market today for outdoor enthusiasts like you and me, Zach. Like you and I both hike, we mountain bike, we surf, we snowboard, we do all these fun things. But honestly, all these products in the market are for these gym goers, which is nothing wrong with that, and right. bodybuilders, and a lot of stuff that's full of crap, artificial junk, fillers, mm-hmm. dyes, like you know, fake caffeine that stays in your system for way too long. Is like, I want to make something for us. Let's make something that we can enjoy, consumer centric, and let's see if other people will like it. And so that kind of where it started from. We created a product for ourselves, and then we wanted to share it with the world. And the name of the company is True Wild. So it's like the name kind of speaks for itself, right? True to yourself, and and then just like being wild to the outdoors. But it's just yeah. True Wild. I think if you look at her logo, if you look at her packaging, it embodies that why. And we have products that range from hydration, the gut health, the energy, and it goes from like powders and capsules. But at the end of the day, like you can use it for every, I say it's built for athletes, like designed for outdoor athletes, but used by everyone. Yeah. Which I love. I use a lot of the products and I really, you know, cause I, I worked in this space. I, I worked in the like nutrition and vitamins space early in my corporate career. And I agree with you. There's a lot of shit in all these products and they're designed for sort of not to naturally fit within our body's systems. They're kind of designed to artificially enhance them and just, it's not good for the body. I love like your hydration product. I think it's so powerful and works like for real. I noticed a significant difference in my energy after I'm like, whoa, I was just turned all the way on. Like hydration is so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because you're dehydrated and a lot of people are. I mean, yes, and I drink a ton of water, but it's like, are we absorbing the hydration? You know, so because you're losing electrolytes, you need that. I don't need to get too deep and scientific with that. But yeah, I mean, I think I love our hydration product because of three things we don't add sugar, it tastes way better than everything else in the market. Sorry, liquid IV. And then three, that's <laughs> <laughs> a plug. Sorry. Um, sorry, not sorry. Uh, and then I mean, you could try it. You tell me what you think. And then three, you know, we use natural ingredients too, right? So yeah. it's something that like, I also like to say it makes water more fun again. Mm-hmm. Like it makes it more enjoyable to drink water because you're not drinking something that's like going to make you realize, oh, there's six grams of sugar in here. Yeah. I'm drinking this three times a day. You know, that's a lot of sugar. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like that's one of the things too, that as I submerge myself more into nature, I really find myself wanting to take better care of my body and kind of the the more spiritual connection I feel to nature of that we are nature, you know, we are animals at our core and we have, we talk about this all the time because we're deeply spiritual, but like our physical body has a lot of demands every day, a lot of demands. And you know, there's people that push themselves to your point in adventure and taking risks. And there's people that just want to have just more stability in their day to day and manage their emotions and not go from like, you know, swing from one end to the next emotionally and just sort of be calm. And I'm realizing like sleep and hydration are two aspects physically that have impact how irritable we are or how calm we are, you know? And nutrition, three. 
And nutrition. Oh, sleep, yeah, totally. Hydration, nutrition, and yeah. like micronutrition and nutrient dense foods because yes. our soil, unfortunately, is pretty messed up right now. And yeah. people don't realize that. Yes. That the food that they're eating, they think it is organic and natural, but I really think that, like, right. in order that you're not getting all the nutrients you need from the food we're eating in today's society. Yeah. And we don't need to go down that, that path. That's a whole other conversation. I would challenge people to really do a deep dive and do some homework around the soil and the food that they eat and really understand how it's like the crops that are made out there and like rejuvenated and how it actually is affecting their food source. Yeah, so. I think that's a beautiful point. And I even just locally researching in your community locally where your food is coming from, because sometimes we think we're buying healthy, organic, good food, and it's created within the same systems and there's chemicals and it's canceling out any absorption of the macro or micronutrients or minerals or vitamins that those foods are supposed to give us. You know, I was listening to someone recently and he was talking about how like, we're not like, we shouldn't have to take vitamins and supplements. We should be getting a lot of our nutrients from our food, but that's why a lot of us have to supplement because the food is just not nutrient dense. So it's an ongoing journey for all of us, certainly for me, because I think there's also a lot of problems with who has access to this really pure, healthy food. And that's something I'm very passionate about. I don't want it to just be for the wealthy and the elite that, oh, because you have money, you have access to the actual good food, you know? So that's an ongoing challenge in our world for sure. I want to pivot and ask you this question because when I think about adventure and I think about, you know, staying wild and, and activating more of our wild selves, I think about risk and the word risk and our relationship to risk in our culture. And we live in such a fear-ridden, scarcity-driven culture as I've, I say it on every episode, just to remind everybody. And I just believe fear is an illusion that we have to awaken to in any given moment. And it doesn't make it invalid, but it's an illusion nonetheless. What is your relationship to risk in your life? And I would love for you to take us through like any risk or a few risks that you've taken that you feel have activated you in a way where you're in a good place in your life now, or just lessons that you, that you probably would have never learned had you not taken the risk? Yeah. Wow. That's a loaded question. I mean, <laughs> there's some love risks I've taken. There's some personal risks. There's lifestyle risks. There's yeah. like business risks. Yeah. There's everyday risks. Right. And I think as an entrepreneur, I think you feel this too. It's just like, this roller coaster of emotions and risks that we all feel. I'm trying to think of one example that I can tell you. I can think of like, there's like activity risks, right? I mean, yeah. if you know, I've hurt my body in multiple ways. Yeah. When I was a young kid, I was a huge kind of like adrenaline junkie. And I'm yeah. looking out this mountain right here. This is actually the mountain where I actually broke my collarbone, punctured a lung, and broke three ribs. Wow. Oh my God. Bite, on a half pipe, trying to do like an alley 360 in the pro pipe. <laughs> and that was a risk because I found quickly that I'm, I'm sorry that happened. Immortal. Yeah. But I mean, like, and then I'm just kind of going back to like, I mean, I'm going to go into a spiritual risk type of thing, yeah. right? I, the last, I mean, when I first met you too, I was awoken to this whole new journey of life that I had never really thought of. And I had a spiritual awakening and I'm on this path. And there's a risk because I can tell you, I mean, I know I'm the second male on this podcast, but. There's not a lot of guys out there who like yeah. openly tell them that you're part of this woo-woo spiritual yes. endeavor and that you're like, I'm really connected to it. And I'm like a very, yeah. I'm definitely a masculine divine, but I'm also like very emotional, sensitive yes. soul. And so it's like, 
there's a risk I take of like, I'm an empath. I feel really hard yep. and it's hard because all my friends are not, they're very masculine and they see me and they're like, Oh Zach, that's just woo woo spiritual stuff. And I'm like, no, yeah. you guys, the stuff I have is like, I have just like everyone else in the world, they have superpowers and they have these intuitions. And it's this risk I take of like taking everything in and absorbing it or just like blocking it. Right. Yeah. And I think that's the risk, the risk of like really accepting the fact of who I am and like where that's taken me. And that's powerful. And that scares the shit out of me every single day that I'm yeah. this person who can feel a lot. And I understand what people are going through and I can't communicate that to everyone. People don't understand that. They don't. And it's intense and I'm learning to tap into it and it's crazy. So yeah, I think that's a risk. That's like, I guess we can go down that path of this like personal spiritual risk of like taking on other people's feelings and energies. And I'm recently learning how to like split that, I guess on a day to day, like as a collective, I feel it. Yeah. And I thought I was like, everyone feels this, but as of recently, they don't. No. And I realize people are not awakened and people don't have these same emotions and feelings that I have. And I don't know when it started. I can tell you now that I'm like, I'm training it. I'm, you know, shout out to Christina. Yes. For everything girl. that she does. Yes. It's just, uh, it's intense. And I, I know you feel it too, because I can feel it right now. And yep. there's times when we get on calls where I'm like, something's going on. I feel yep. it. You know, your emotions. I'm crying right there with you. And it's, it's powerful. And I'm trying to turn this power into good. And I know I'm here to heal. And so you are me opening up to the world saying that is difficult because they look at me with a, I don't know, just differently. Yeah. A certain lens. You are absolutely a healer. I mean, being in your presence is healing for anyone who's around you. And for everybody listening, like Zach and I have had times where we've had really deep conversations. And there was a, there's a specific time that comes to mind earlier this year in 2022, where I was sitting across from Zach and I was telling him something that's like very deeply personal to me and very emotional. And Zach started to tear up because that is an actual physical example of what it means to be an empath. Zach was not crying from his, that's not him. He was feeling my emotions and he started to cry as he was feeling what I was feeling, okay? This is the life of an empath. And I know this term is thrown around a lot, but like it's pretty rare to be a true empath. And it is quite an experience in life. And that's why, you know, we need a lot of alone time. And I know a lot of people that listen to my podcast are empaths, deeply sensitive beings where you walk into a crowd, you can feel everything. The biggest breakthrough for me in learning what it means to be an empath is we not only feel everything that is visibly, physically happening around us from other people, we feel people's unprocessed emotions. So you could be around someone and they could be seemingly happy and putting on a show and deep down they're depressed. We feel that. And we can't say that to them because they're not ready to hear that. And they might not want to talk about that, but that's what it is to be an empath. You feel the unfelt. (laughs) So it's just deeply sensitive. And thank you for taking us there and bringing that there. Because as you know, I'm so honored that you're the second man to come on my my podcast because I am going to continue to really have these discussions with men. And 
Zach, I have to tell you, since I opened up this floodgate, the universe has been dropping in so many men that are like you, more than I would have ever guessed. Since the, this week is the first week my podcast dropped with Mario, I've had like 10 guys come into my field that are going to be guests. And they're powerful and they're entrepreneurs and they're deeply sensitive. They're also empathic. They're also divinely masculine and feminine. And they're deeply awakening to the truth of our world, that we are souls in a human body. And like, this is not new. It's just that humanity has been asleep for centuries. And it's, to be honest, like a lot of humans, yes, they're in fear and scarcity, but that's safer. Because to your point, venture out into the unknown, knowing that to awaken to the fact that you are a soul, a spiritually eternal being that is physically incarnated in a physical human body is a lot. Talk to me about like, in your own words, just like as you awakened initially, because that's kind of something that's not talked about enough, right? It's not like you just awaken and it's like, oh, the light, yay, there's huge tower moments. Everything comes crashing down. It's like a paradigm shift in one's life. And you realize every belief you ever had came from other humans that were scared <laughs> and that you're like awakening to your own truth within and from the divine spirit, God, universe. Yeah. I want to real quickly for any other guy who's listening to this, I just want to mention this and, and female too. The empath thing, I didn't realize that until I've had when I was growing up too. And still to this day, everyone was like, Zach, you're just very sensitive. Yeah. You're very sensitive. Oh yeah. And I didn't realize that and that sensitive and empath are just so like similar, mm -hmm. one of the same. And I didn't really connect those dots until as of recently. But I'm like, yes, I'm sensitive. I feel people. I feel a lot mm. and didn't really like trigger and made sense of like, oh, Zach, like you're sensitive because you feel other people's energy and emotions and you get gravitated towards that. And so yes, for all those people out there who say that other friends say, hey, you're just sensitive. It's like, you actually have a gift and a power yes. and Huge everyone. Gift. And it's like, and that's like a, it's like a, great quality to have. So just want to put like a, a plug out there. Let them know. And then you're saying that on this spiritual kind of like, I don't know, just awaken thing. I mean, it's not like the lights turn on. It's not right. like everything started and then light. No, I just think that like, I just awakening to being curious. Like I'm a very analytical person. I'm stuck in my head and I'm working to yes. be more in my heart and my emotions. And that's what I'm working on. But like as an analytical brain, and like strong Gemini too, I have to like <laughs> yes. see it to believe it. And so like this whole awakening thing is like, there's just little things that kind of morph them and like on top of each other and like little tiny, like I call them bonus episodes where like something happened and I'm like, holy shit, yes. like that just happened. I was like, wow, okay, I'm open to it. And it's like me going into this curiosity of like, there's more that meets the eye. There's more that I know. And I think that's what that spiritual awakening is, is like this curiosity of the unknown and diving deeper into it and getting answers from it. It's not like this, when yes. people say, like, oh, I had this spiritual awakening, I'm awake. It's not that you're like, okay, lights on. I see this like this matrix world. It's like, no, it's just you're very, you receive these like, these signs and also like this curiosity within yourself of like, there's more. And then you're kind of like, more educated around that subject, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, 100%. I think one thing I, I identify with from a young age is I've always been a seeker. I want to know the why. And I know Geminis are similar. We want to know like, why is this like this? I have always been skeptical. 
And now I know it's because, you know, you and I are both old souls. We've been here many times and we've reincarnated in many bodies and roles and many lifetimes were very, very, very painful for us. And that's one of the things that reincarnation has helped me come back to the remembering of the fact that like, I've been here before. I've done this dance many times. And this lifetime, I am really trying to squeeze everything I can out of this life in this body and be intentional about who I'm going to surround myself with. Who am I going to be? What am I here to do? You know, but that seeker energy is what fuels my exploration and adventure. And when I hit my first spiritual awakening, I had to now stop seeking outside. I had to go within. And that was scary as fuck. Okay. Because going within means I have to look at every layer of darkness and pain I've ever experienced, every aspect of another person's belief system that I took on as my own, everything anyone ever said about me that I started to believe about myself that was untrue, which is what most people are operating from. Most people are operating from beliefs other people projected onto them. So I say all that to say that, yeah, the lights do not turn on. It's like, the dimmer gets increased a little, you know, and you're like, oh my, and it's deeply scary. I mean, there is no rhyme or reason about it. Spiritually awakening and ascending is incredibly challenging and scary because we still have to live within the matrix until, you know, and you and I both believe that the earth is going through huge shifts and awakenings and every human during this time is going to awaken in some way, shape or form. I know that's bold of me to say, but they really are because the divine has now said earth has gone through enough dark cycles to now come to the light. This is what people call the new earth, the great awakening, whatever you want to call it. It's happening whether we're down with it or not. I said this on my last episode. It's like 2020. What do we all think? That was just a fluke? No. And I'm sort of here to help people really just be down with it and be like, not afraid. We're all being guided to the truth of things and that we don't have this God in the sky that's choosing, you know, for certain people to suffer and certain people to thrive, you know, that we play a role in the life that we create and the lessons we are here to learn and that we are powerful manifestors of anything we desire. What's your perspective on like co-creating our lives and manifesting and, you know, taking more ownership and control that we play a role in the life that we physically actually experience on earth? I mean, I'm a manifester, right? So, yep. I mean, by human design. So, I'm a big believer in that. And it's not that like manifester to me is like dreams and vision, yeah. right? And I look at it like if you look at Martin Luther King, right? I had yeah. a dream. I had a dream. Yes. I look at manifestation like that. I look at it as he has a dream that he wants this world to be a different place. Like he's dreaming, yes. he's visionary, he's seen these like big, idealistic views and like that's what manifestation is it's like mm. dreaming every day for this greater goal and i think when i look at that it's like these visionaries that we see every day elon musk bill gates whatever they're dreamers dreamers are manifestors right because they're manifesting these dreams to turn into reality and you have to have these audacious crazy dreams because if you don't you're never going to grow as a person. You're never going to grow society. And I think like that's something that like triggered me of like manifestations, not like, oh, I'm, I'm manifesting, you know, my house. You're dreaming of this house. You're, you're having this goal, mm. this like idea of like what you want and it's pushing you to get there. And that's like for the world. Like if no one dreams, like if you think about it, if no right. one has this imagination, then like you're going to be stale and boring. You need to imagine this world. You need to have this like, like this crazy imaginary 
I guess, life. So you keep chasing it. So you're not just stuck. And that's why I think I go back to like kids. Yes. Right. Kids have this like sense of imagination. They literally can play and laugh and cry and be joyful for hours. Why? Because they're imagining these maybe invisible things, whatever, but like they're creating joy within themselves. And when you get back to that, right? I think everyone has to have a strong imagination because it's what will create this world into a better place. Oh, it's so beautiful. My body, speaking of the clairsentient gift, my body was tingling as you were speaking just now. Like I could feel the power in your words. It felt like the divine was channeling through you. Like you're right, Dr. Martin Luther King, like that I had a dream speech is so much more than just how it meets the eye. There are people that literally are so broken that they laugh at the dreamers. They laugh at the visionaries. And that's why often to be a visionary, which I have felt since I was a child that I am a visionary and you are too, is to often feel very isolated in our society because we look at the systems and we say, oh no, this is going to be different. We're going to break this and build a new one. And change is something that humans just really struggle with, yet we live in a universe that is ever evolving and changing. Even just looking scientifically at evolution, that happened. Like, we have evolved, you know, and who's to say that that's not happening every single moment of every single day. And you're right. I want to comment on children. Yeah. Like a lot of spiritually awakening is coming back to your inner child and your childlike self. Because when we are children, we live more in the present moment than ever. We play, we activate our joy, and we're really living in our power. You know, we stop eating when we're full. We go play when we want to. We, you know, if we're lucky enough to have a childhood that is free or where we feel relatively free. And then there's a lot of kids that have trauma at a young age and their their innocence is robbed of them. And so there's people on the path spiritually that have to do different things to heal what they went through as, as children. But all of us right now on this path, Zach, are being asked to return to the children that we once were, you know? So I just love that you brought that up. So thank you. What is your relationship to evolution and change? Like, how do you see yourself changing and how are you making more peace with change being constant? And are there any changes that you want to talk about right now that you feel like you're going through or have gone through that you really see like, wow, I'm better off because of those changes? I love change. I know there's a lot of people who- Yeah, me too. Hate it. (laughs) There's something about it, just like I think in my personality of like, I want something different uh-huh. constantly. Maybe that's the, the Gemini in me, whatever. Well, it is. But like, Sagittarius is the yeah. same. <laughs> yeah. But like change is just, I don't know, it's just something new and exciting yeah. getting outside your, the unknown. But I mean, if I look at it, like the best example I can think of is I looked at a video of myself it's on TikTok, if anyone wants to see it, of me like talking about my company and my products. And I was like, my voice is different. Mm. My face is different. And I'm like, wow, I, that person, this was like two, three years ago. And I was like, yeah. that person changed. Yeah. And I look at I'm like, that person who I embodied and what I wanted changed. And wow. I am going through this changing process now as we speak. I mean, I've had a lot of change. I moved to San Diego, right? I tried something new. I poured my heart into something. I now am you know, have a life coach and looking in the spiritual path. I changed jobs. I went, I was like a full-time career and I went full-time, you know, true love. Like these are all changes that happen. And with every decision I made, my heart was always like, fuck yes. Yeah. Like, wow. And like, let's do it. I never like, 
thought about it, like, should I do it? Should I not do it? I was like, you know what? Let's just do it and see what happens. Yeah. And like, I think that's how I look at change and like look at just experiences of like hindsight's always 2020, whatever. But like in that moment, I really think that change creates growth and growth is like the pinnacle part of who you are as a person. If you don't continue growing, then you'll be dead. It's the same thing with like innovation, right? Right. You don't innovate, you die. And it's like, that's how I look at life too. It's like always adapting and changing. If I sit still for too long, right. I go insane. Right. I learned that. I like, I'm always go, 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 go. And I know that's the Gemini part of me. And I, I get bored easily. Yeah. Like if you take me to the beach, I can't sit there. I have to go surfing, play something, whatever. Yeah. Yep. So like, that's okay. But yeah, change is inevitable yep. and change is growth and happiness. And it's like, I don't know. I'm a big believer in change. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I, I actually agree hundred percent with you. And I say that a lot. And there's a lot of people that, that do struggle with change because of the fear of the unknown, but that is the life on planet earth. My loves, like we sign up for a lot of unknown, you know, and life ends up being better than we could have ever that I should say than our ego could have imagined because our ego has a very short range of view and vision of our life. That's why you're right. Like manifesting is dreaming because it's activating our imagination, our super conscious mind, which is connected to the divine. That's the subconscious. People want to know why the brain is still a black box in the medical field. It's because the brain, the super conscious is our connection to the infinite. <laughs> They're never going to know how it all works. So that's why spiritually, when we awaken, we're guided to go within and sometimes forced to go within. I had a health scare last year. It was not anything physical. I thought something was wrong with my heart. My heart was fine physically. And after I did all the tests, I had to go within and look at the heartbreak I had from different things that happened in my life. And I had to go down the most intense path of heart healing all of last year. You know, and if I had just kept seeking doctors and answers when everything was coming up fine, which some people do, like I would have gone crazy, but I knew intuitively I had to finally face the heartbreak that I had in my life. And that leads me into relationships, which is the crux of what I want to talk to you about and what I know a lot of people that are listening want to want to talk about and hear from men and their perspective on, let's talk about romantic relationships specifically. So to give some context, Zach and I are both here to spiritually come into our own inner union of our masculine and feminine energies and harmonize and balance our own energies so that we can then come into balance with our counterpart, our divine life partner, if you will. And so, you know, my journey, Zach knows a lot about it and like the path it's taken me down to face like how I was living from my masculine and afraid to be in my feminine and men are doing the same thing. And then a lot of men are afraid of their feminine and it, we're all just so out of balance and everybody's unique and different. But I want to hear first your perspective as you've discovered this concept of like, we all have our own inner masculine and feminine energy. Talk to me about that first. Yeah, I mean, there's polarization on both. In any relationship, there's the masculine and the feminine energy. I personally, and I can get personally on that, like I have mastered the feminine side, yeah. my masculine side, and definitely have, and I'm not saying like, like feminine one, like soft, right? I mean, I think right. you, everyone knows the difference between it. I think for me, it was like the masculine energy of like, and I look at masculine energy in a way of like having this vision, leader, safety, protection. Yes. And like taking control and care of everyone, right? I think what happens with some people is that you get morphed into one way or the other based off yes. of the person that you're with, right? Yes. But like when I look in a relationship, it ebbs and flows. 
Yeah. Right. And we talk about this all the time. Like, I think a lot of males think that like, I need to be masculine all the time. And yeah. people like, people don't realize that there's a wounded masculine side of them <laughs> versus like a divine masculine. Right. right. And I think society has, has put males into this bucket of like masculine energy, but really what's doing it's weaken them. It's like they're overconfident, over like Oof. powerful and it's making them a wounded masculine. Right. Versus like, you don't need that. Like you need to have both. You need to have the feminine side and the masculine side. But like when I look at relationships, like, and I'm speaking from, a, I guess, all the females out there listening to is that you need to be able to be open to both and you yes. need to be able to like understand and have the conversation, the communication between the both of them. And that like, yeah. and when you're in the relationships that you're in, they could be two-sided, but they ebb and flow based off the conversation that you have. I feel like everyone has both of them. They just hide it. Like, for yes. example, I think females, yes. they want to be the masculine. They want to make the decisions. They want to make the choices. But really, at the end of the day, they like take a backseat and they're like, actually, I want the male to make this decision. Yeah. But if they don't give the male that chance, comfort, or that chance, or that communication, that male is going to be like, okay, I'm going to be in the backseat. I'm going to be yeah. the female and the feminine energy in this. And so it's like, that's something I've seen with a lot of relationships too, is like that communication piece and that like, you need to have this like, this balance, right? And that balance stems from communicating with your partner and where that is and having these open conversations. But also, I also think there's that the society plays the role that like all males need to be this dominant force. Yes. And really, yes. I, I don't, I don't think so. I think you can have both, but like you yeah. have to have that like, communication barrier to be able to like step into either or and i hope that makes sense and it's a journey i think also you you need to like go within once again and be like my past relationship where was i and how did i show up and how can i learn from those and move on yeah and every relationship is a when we talked about this a chapter it's a soul chapter it's a lesson you learned that's right. And your soul learns something from that and you move on from it. And yeah. things happen not to you, but for you. And it's changing that mindset and changing that that framework. And it's way easier said than done. I can say yep. that now, but like when you're in the middle of it, it's really difficult to see the sun when you're stuck in the clouds. Hmm. Wow, that's so beautifully articulated. Yeah, and you know, it is important though, when you're in the middle of that kind of pain, whether it's a breakup, a separation, it's important to zoom out a little bit and above and look at it from your soul's perspective to your point and say, what are the lessons that we're really being asked to learn here? Like most people have so much pain from breakups because they think something is wrong with them, which brings us full circle back to the fact that our society and the matrix programming tells us we are not enough. We are unworthy of love. That's it. And that goes with success. We're unworthy of vitality. We're unworthy of freedom. It's all connected. The unworthiness wound is what the collective has. And to me, I say this boldly, but like religious indoctrination has told every human for centuries they're unworthy of God. And that's what furthers the war with the self because we are God. We're a fractal of the divine. That's what the soul is. It's a speck of light that fragmented off of the, the source, the divine source. So when you tell humans that they're unworthy of God, they feel separate from God, and then they go do terrible shit to themselves and other humans. It's that simple. And we have the evidence historically to prove it. And so 
in relationships, they are the biggest learning landscape for us, to your point, Zach. Like our soul learns the most intensely in relationship to another. Family, friends, business, yes. But when you're romantically involved and sexually involved, there ain't no more potent lessons than that landscape, you know? And we really are met with our true, raw, naked selves, like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And it's painful stuff, but it's also blissful at times, you know? And, you know, and I've spent my life being alone with myself a lot. And I see that there's very few people, there's only one person I ever felt truly like I could be my full self with. And you know why. And I pushed him away because I couldn't take it, you know, and hopefully we're going to get another shot here, another chance to try again. But what's your perspective on like the relationship you really want to create and cultivate now with your divine partner, given everything you've learned? Like what what would you want to say to people that you feel like you've learned from your romantic relationships in your life so far? Yeah. And I mean, I've loved a lot and I think I've like passed loves. Like I think I'm different than you. I've like, I'm put on this planet. I mean, this is like, I got an astrology reading and it's like the challenge that you have is relationships. Yep. It's not that I'm not like middle. It's not that I'm like wishy-washy, I guess. I'm like fear of commitment. It's just like, yeah. it's, it's a challenge for me, right? Because I love a lot and I expect a lot. I don't love it's such a high pedestal. Yes. And, and yes. so thanks parents. Let's shout out to them <laughs> for doing that. But no, I mean, like what I look for is, and it's changed and it's evolved over my past relationships, but it's, yeah. it's playfulness. It's a partner in crime. It's like, I don't see, I want a desire, I should say, like a comrade, partner, a friend, yeah. a business partner. It's like when I look at like a relationship yes. now, it's like a it's like a business partnership, right? Yep. I want a 50-50. I want to build an empire with them. And what that means is someone who challenges and pushes you and makes you better every day. Yes. But at the end of the day is gonna be like your your solid force and partner where like when you have kids, like yeah, people don't realize how difficult is having kids. I don't yeah. have kids, but my brother and just what I do, and I see that relationship, and it's it's so hard. Yes, that like you have to have such a strong foundation of love, and such a strong foundation of partnership, and such a strong foundation of like playfulness. Yeah. That like at the end of the day, like you'll have that, and you can share that with your kid. But like you're also like, I think I'm going in circles here. But no, um, not at all. Not at all. What I, what I'm trying to say is that like that partnership you have to have is so like solid that like. And it's so unconditional that you don't need to ask. You don't need to ask the person, do you love me? That's right? It. You don't need oh, to ask. You, you said I, it. You said it. Yeah. And then it's like, you just know. That's right. And I don't think it's a no, like I'm a love at first sight type of thing. But it's like this journey that you're on from a relationship standpoint. It's not a like day one type thing. It's a, you know, it's, it's a day 5001. Yeah. You know, it's like a journey with that soulmate, with that partner, whoever it is. And I've realized that it's not just this instant gratification. It's like there's someone who you want to put the work in with each other. And it's not like they yeah. both want to put in the work. It can't yeah. just be, I love you, you love me. One foot in, one foot out. It's like, I want to be, fuck yes, both feet in. Yes. And we're going to like, no matter what happens, no matter what obstacle comes our way, we're going to overcome it together. And so it's that like joint partnership of love that I think I'm looking for for the future. And I'm also really picky. So it's hard. But like, I think at the end of the day, you have one life to live. Don't settle. Don't, you know, just don't 
because it's easy. Love is, I like saying this, love is easy and hard. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it can be easy at times and hard, but like, it shouldn't be like simple and easy all the time. Yes. It should be difficult because that's where the true love comes out. The real growth to your point. I love that you keep talking about relationships as vehicles for growth. I mean, you just described what unconditional love is. Our culture, planet Earth, has been very afraid of unconditional love, the true vibration of it. Because that means that we can't sabotage and run anymore from the person that we love. Because a lot of us are running. We're running from real love because we believe that when it arrives in our life, we will lose it. So let's just sabotage it so we don't have to experience the pain of losing it. And I agree with you. What does it look like to have real devotion? I'm going to be bold enough to say that I think our generation really is doing a shitty job at relationships. The previous generations did too, but like our generation, because we're living through the tech, you know, boom, if you will, the accessibility to people is astronomical. We have accessibility to tens of thousands of more people than ever before in any given life. The audacity and entitlement of finding someone that makes me feel good and validate me. And also the lack of maturity when it comes to being honest with someone and telling them that, you know, I'm not into you and like, I'd love to stay friends or like we just ghost people now. And we all do this. I mean, I've done it. Everyone's done it. I'm not immune to it. We all do it because of the way certain people trigger us, right? And we know spiritually why. Like certain people are brought into our lives to trigger certain aspects of our shadow so that we can heal. So that you're right. Like when our actual person comes into our life, we don't sabotage it. Because just because you find your partner in crime doesn't mean you're not going to try to sabotage it, you know? So it's been a very hard lesson for me. And so for me, like... I would love to hear like, this is something that I feel a lot of women listening are wanting to know, because as you know, like one of the biggest challenges women face with men is that a lot of women feel that men just won't open up emotionally and won't open up like and say what they really feel. And a lot of times men, they don't want to open up because they're afraid of hurting her because it might be something that, you know, she might not like or feel bad about, but it's how he's honestly feeling. And I would rather my partner tell me something about how they're honestly feeling so we can actually address it and work through it versus it being buried underneath the surface. And then we know eventually it explodes. So like, what is your perspective on like being, you know, quote unquote, the man in the relationship? And like, what do you think are some misconceptions maybe women have about men and how men want to open up or not want to open up or how men interact with their emotions? Like lift the curtain up a little bit for women from your perspective. Yeah, that's actually great. And the thing is, I don't know if I'm an anomaly or I'm just an open book all the time, but like <laughs> how I look at you. And then this is with friends too. It's like what I've seen. And then like how I look at it is lots of men that are very afraid to show their emotions. And I don't know if that's society yep. or whatnot. I think that a lot of men have emotions. I've oh, yeah. seen it. I hang oh, out yeah. with a lot of guys who do. But like as women see guys, like women have other women to like emotionally have these conversations with right and women don't realize this like if you get a bunch of women in the room they will talk about their feelings emotions if you get a bunch of guys in the room they're going to talk about not their emotions because <laughs> they're afraid of like opening up to their friends about certain things because yes. their yes. friend circle that they're in are not like actually true friends right or they're like friends by 
society measures, right? Yeah. And I think yeah. it's really difficult. There's not a place for guys or men or anyone to really open up their emotions. And I think a lot of people hold these inside. And I think as a woman, or like as a, as a girl or whatever, that if you have a guy, he has emotions. You just have to like unlock this, like yeah, these feelings that they have. And I'm trying to figure out like ways that, like for me, I'm a very emotional guy. I open up. I express my emotions very easily. Yeah, I wear my heart, heart in my sleeve. A lot of guys don't, and so I'm trying to think of like, I think every person's different in this agenda. Yeah, but I believe that there's. I mean, I don't know if it's therapy. I don't know if it's like, you know. Drugs or like ashwagandha, like not ashwagandha. Sorry, um, <laughs> ayahuasca. When I think of ayahuasca, like mushrooms, to like open, up the, open up, open up, open like up. Yeah, alternative totally. medicine. Yeah, it opens up these, and I'm really strongly with that because it like drops the like ego, all these like guards, ego and guards let go, and like all these emotions pour out. So it's yeah. like maybe more guys need to do that with their significant partner, and it helps. But it's like really ego. I mean, like I think about, I think you hit the nail on the head, like. When I'm with friends too, and I've realized this, like, I mean, my friends are pretty good that they open up and they talk about yeah. this stuff, but like, I've had friends who like, they don't open up and it's because they're afraid. They don't know how, they don't know how to like, that's right. They and no one the asks those questions. Yeah. They don't have the tools and no one asks those, and no one's asked those questions unless you have me in the group and be like, how do you feel? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like what's going on? But like, yeah. as women, I would say to Jake, oh, I'm going to do another play, Jake Woodward. Yeah, we love Jake Woodward. Yes. Yeah. He's really good at like read some of his stuff and like his stuff is like really good at like yes pulling out this this ego and pulling out these things that like guys should be listening to and reading to. But like I don't have a clear answer. I don't know why I'm open and emotional and like I can let my guard down and express it. Where like I know a lot of other males out there are too tough and like too overly like divine, you know, obviously wounded masculine to like yeah. let their guards out and express it. I don't know if it's society. I don't know if it's like the yeah. environment. I don't know if it's like nature and nurture, but like, right. That's something that really needs to do because opening up and opening your soul and opening up your heart really allows like these strong relationships to flourish. Mm-hmm. So, so well said. Yeah. And this is the thing, it is complex to your point. That's why we can't just pinpoint it. And there isn't a simple solution because yeah, there's a lot of societal conditioning that men face, but then there's also just the uniqueness of one's lived experience and the trauma one goes through as a child, right? A lot of men from a young age are taught in our school systems and from elders and role models that are male, like do not cry. And that's, it's not just even about physically crying. It's like, do not feel. That's what that means. And yet men equally feel just as deeply as women. Women are not more emotional and, you know, but men feel this pressure to be like, I think the practical grounded ones, because women are allowed in our culture to be more openly emotional, if you will. It's like safer for women to do that. For men, men will come off in our culture as weak. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and I really think, and I just thought about this too, as you were talking about this, alternative medicine is really this gateway. It is. Letting these people open up. And I think it is like, I mean, I've tried it. I mean, I've tried mushrooms before and I really want to try ayahuasca too. But what it really does, it just puts ego aside. That's right. It drops down these walls and lets you be who you are and express it. So that's why a lot of people purge, cry, like they see the world and they see themselves who they really are. And I think that like these traumas that people have at a young age from like 
their parents or whatnot have really scarred them. And like, yes. that's where it's about going back and really uncovering that. And yes. so these alternative medicines help bring up these things. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. And then going back, and I know how we can put this in, but like something I thought about as you talked about is like when we talked about like these relationships and how like, I think you were saying something about how it's getting a little bit more difficult in our generation. I think it's because adding to your point, we have more choices out there. You can literally meet someone tomorrow and then swipe and find someone else the next day, right? Yep. And yep. that's one. You have a society where it's like, People want this image, this ideal yes. kind of relationship. And oh, people yeah. don't realize that like this social media golden relationship doesn't exist. No. I'm sorry. You might see something on a photo or video and they might be happy, but like actually see them in person, they're day to day. They're not yeah. happy. Yes. And people don't see the behind the scenes, the curtain. No. And then I guess lastly too, is like people don't realize that like, they compare themselves to other people. Oh. They don't realize that that yep. their love that they have with their partner is like equivocally different than yeah. another partner. And they're like, oh, our love is not as powerful as theirs. We need to change it up. Or I need to like, that's another thing. And then also it's like, I'm not, enough. I don't love myself. That's right. And I don't love myself enough. And so I'm going to go find that and chase that. Wow. Oh my God, that was so... That was so powerful. That's a mic drop moment right there. I mean, two people that are destined to come together. This is a divine, this is like where fate and destiny comes in because you and I talk a lot about free will. And the thing that humans have to remember is that we are constantly in our journey juxtaposed between the polar opposites of free will and destiny. And I have recently experienced, as you know, profound spiritual awakenings around the relationship in my life and the one that's coming in, like my actual partner who I've already met. I'm very open about this. I'll be shocked if he, if he's listening, I'll be shocked if he doesn't know who he is. <laughs> oh God, I have chills. Um, And, you know, that is destiny. And I told you this, Zach, like when I looked up at him, I knew who he was. I knew and we had to separate for a long time to ever have the courage to come back together. Because when we're together, we're very powerful. I am not nearly as powerful as I could be unless I'm with him and vice versa. And we've gotten ourselves, I think, to a place where we are in as much of our individual power as we can get. But here's what I struggle with. I am done with this society of, I don't need anyone, right? And need is a relative term. Yes, I have been taking care of myself my entire life. I could go the rest of my life being alone and survive and be fine, decent, but I would not thrive. I would be a mediocre version of myself, let's just say. And the divine has tested me and asked me to be alone for a long time to really come to a place of self-love where ain't nobody going to shake that or break that from me. Nobody anymore. The way I used to let other people do that to me. But I just believe when we are with... <laughs> our divine life partner. And I really believe there's one person for everyone out there. I know this is, again, countercultural, but that's because we're afraid of that. We're afraid that there is someone that is our other half, to use that language, or the perfect match for us, that somehow we divinely just complement each other perfectly, strengths, weaknesses, whatever. And to your point, we actually want to consciously choose to build a life together. Like, I love how you said, like, building your own empire. And that doesn't just mean, like, 
being wealthy. That just means building the life you want. One of the things as you know that I want in my life is I want to travel constantly. I do not want it to be like this vacation that I earn. And I want my children, just as you did, just as I did, to grow up traveling from a young age to see how big the world really is and to be culturally, you know, aware and et cetera. People are going to think I'm nuts when I do that because I'm supposed to like give these kids a stable life, right? And put them in school and do all those things. And it's like, but who's to say that's the right way? I think when we finally find our person, we can create the life that we really are meant to together. And I have learned that we cannot outrun our destiny. There are just some things that are going to happen no matter what happens. And the divine is the most powerful force in the universe. And when something is meant to happen, it just will. The mountains will get, I said this on my recent episode because I'm living it right now. Mountains will be moved. Situations will break down to create those two people coming together. So I would love to hear like your perspective on on destiny versus like free will and how you feel you're being guided into your destiny at this time. Yeah. I also think that in listening to your story and just reflecting on it, that person, both people need to be in the right mm-hmm. mindset and healed. People don't yes. realize that too. And, yes. like, and I may be going back to this of like, yes, a lot of women out there listening to this. You might be think you found your person, but that person might not be ready. That's right. To find you. That's right. And a lot of people have to do the work, and they have to heal, and they have to be in the right. I don't want to say place, like I guess physically and mentally, but like to be your love of your life. And that's something I've realized that timing is one thing, but also healing is another, and like wow. really being there. And being that person for someone else is another one. Like, if you look back at my past relationships, I wasn't that person. I wasn't that, you know, that masculine, divine human who I could be, right? And now I realize that I've always kind of been that person. I just never really tapped into that. And so, you know, that comes from within knowing that. So that's kind of like, yeah. first part. And then like, I don't know, destiny and free will. I want to believe that there's one person out there, but I think there's multiple people out there for you. But I believe that like, and it's not never a Cinderella story. It's never, you know, like love at first sight, but I strongly believe that there's like, when you meet your person, you know, (laughs) and it's just like this knowing this feeling, this like, it's not like a, I'm going to live the love the rest of life. But that person's like, I want, know this person and i'm curious about this person and i'm like there's this love that we have that's like we're so yeah just comfortable with each other and i think maybe that comfortability of it is yeah and it's not that like okay you're my soulmate forever it's like you're my soulmate that i want to start chapter one with and we're going to continue writing this book wow that is well said that is very well said because people want to like think Prince Charming is right around the corner. Prince Charming is not right, <laughs> right. around I'm sorry. It's not right around the corner. Right. You first have to figure out that you already have Prince Charming in you. Yeah. Right? Woo. And yeah. then that that Prince Charming will, you will meet that person. But you can't just hope and have these like these desires and dreams of like, he's going to run into you. You uh-huh. first have to understand you already have that. You're going to somehow connectedly or not connectedly kind of like run into them when yeah. you don't know it. It's and that person could still, 
yeah, you don't know it. And that person right now could be your best friend, but you're just not. <laughs> yeah. Like, it could be your friend, could be your like yoga instructor, could be your, I don't know, fitness right. trainer. Someone you but, met like, a long so time people, ago that you haven't talked to in a while. Yeah. But like you're you're not thinking like that because you're thinking of I'm looking for this perfect ideal person that's gonna run into me. But really it's you first need to like check with yourself of like I have all these characteristics that I want. This perfect partner of mine is it all around you. You're just not open to it, maybe. Mm. But I want to wish that it's also fate. Yeah. So it's hard. We yeah. don't need to go down like free will and all this stuff. But I also believe that there's destiny within all of us and that yeah. you've been put on this earth. You've been put on this earth for multiple reasons. Yeah. And co creating and love is definitely one mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. And things work out the way that they should. Yeah. If really only do. you just take the blindfold off, take your seatbelt off sometimes, hold on tight, <laughs> you know, life, and let life just take you for a ride. Because if you that's don't right. look, if you hold on, like that's that's what I think too, because it's like we're so serious all the time. Just have fun and enjoy it and let things Oh, happen. that's another thing. We're not in the present moment at all. Like technically, when we anchor into the present, everything's fine. Everything, most of the time, almost all the time. Like anchoring in the present is a, for me to be like really listening to you during this conversation. And then when we're done to go out and just like, look at the lake, read and not be thinking about the past or looking to the future because those are not here. They're not here right now. And the future will come. Nothing's going to stop the future. And the past is gone. Like it's over, you know? And a lot of us are circling back with, with people that to get a second chance, I think in relationships and to really like you know, come together from a more healed place to your point. And then a lot of people are also meeting their life partner for the first time because they've done a lot of healing, you know, and there's no right way to have, like, I want everyone to start loving their own unique journey, like almost make your life the movie that it is because it's a video game. It's it's your movie. How do you want it to show up on the screen? You know, and to your point, the comparison, our generation and the generations below Gen Z, it's like, Everyone is comparing 24-7. I mean, it is like insane to me. And I, we all catch ourselves, but like, how could I ever compare myself to like you, for example, or vice versa? How could I compare myself to someone else who grew up in a place I didn't grow up in, who looks different from me, who has different lessons and trauma from childhood, who has different gifts that they're here to activate, who is different personality-wise, psychologically, spiritually? How could I ever... Like when we all logically talk about this, we know we're insane to compare ourselves to someone else because we're all unique fractals of the divine. And yet that's why I love this phrase divinity, like learning to come home to the divinity within you. Because when you do that, everyone listening, you are free. Lolo is free. I celebrate everyone uniquely and equally. And I want everyone to live abundantly and happy and in love. And guess what? I am not comparing myself at all to people anymore. It's very minimal. And sometimes I'll get triggered and then I got to go into that part of my shadow and alchemize it and the process starts again. But the comparison trap to your point is killing us. And I would love for you to talk about that and how you navigate that in your life or how you witness people in your own life navigate that and just any any advice you would offer. Yeah, but I want to go back first. You said something that like, oh, that hit the heart. (laughs) What? Like good. 
you were saying that everyone, and I'm going to butcher this, but it was saying about everyone's life's journey, like the way that you look on your movie screen of like, and I don't know how you said this. How do you like want it to show up on the screen? Yeah. No, how you want to show up, but also stop settling. Yeah. Like it's your movie. Like, do you want your yeah. movie to be boring? I met Joe. Yeah. Joe and I had four kids, <laughs> lived in Texas. And then, like, we live a long lives together. And the story, like, what? No. <laughs> your life should be like, if you think about it, like, if your life's a movie, you're going to get heartbreaking. You're going to have these wild, crazy, conflicts. like, conflicts. You're going to have, like, these, like, internal debates and conflicts all, like, all the time. Like, that's life. Yeah. Like, that's an exciting movie. People should want to have that. I know that some people like the dull, the boring, the gray. You know, like, I get that. But, like, you have one fucking life. Yeah. Sees it every single day. And like, that is the movie that you want. Yeah. And like, someone told me this too, is like, you're the main character of your movie. <gasps> ding, ding. You can oh, create, this is our big yeah. lesson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And honestly, be that actor or actress that you want to be. Yeah. And personally, I've realized in the past, I was the side actor. I was mm, the side, like, same. I was like the psychic. Yep. And I realized that I'm tired of being the psychic. I'm tired of like Damn right. helping other people get to where they need to be. And I've realized that like you should be the main character of your movie every day, all day. And just know that in every situation that you're in, because there's a lot of times, I'll be honest, I want someone else to be the main character. Yeah, that's right. And I realized if I'm like someone else, it's my, easier that way. It's easier. That's the masculine divine energy right the masculine divine energy is always being the main character That's right and making sure you're taking care of the side actors so like this i don't know what you would call them like the crew there yeah. you go so it's like filling up your own cup first because a lot of times people say oh that's selfish oh no the ego actually a function of the ego is to hide from itself and to like give other people all your energy so you don't have to look at yourself in the mirror and go within, right? That's what we all do. So becoming the main character is the path to freedom and to actually be able to love other people from a more aligned, healthy place versus just sacrificing for everyone else because we think we have to sacrifice to get love. That's another matrix programming. Like I have to earn love. I'm not love already, you know? Go within, be that main character. And find what that means to you. And then right. answering your question of like comparing, I will be honest, I compare a shit ton to a lot of other people, but I have to take yeah. a step back sometimes and realize yeah. that's my ego saying, who cares about them? Right. Like, you don't know anything about the, these people, right, right, at all. So it's like, when I look at like, for example, social media, if I look at like someone's social media, I'm like, oh, they look happy. I want that. You know, and it's like, right. oh, they're doing such great things in the world. Right. They're like, they're traveling. They have all this money and wealth and like accessories and type stuff, like materialistic things. I see that and I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And all that I have to take stuff of like, okay, look at my life. How stoked am I to live the life that I live? Yeah. And like, I am healthy, happy, you know, abundant, joy, wealthy in my own means, you know, like you got to bring that back to you a lot. And it's really, I mean, honestly, I think it's really difficult in our society to do that. I think yes. everyone compares each other to each other, but it's like, and maybe it's coming from this thing of like going to nature that helps, yes. right? Of like going to nature, being outside. Just being with yourself. Being by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Really helps like 
not comparing and being like, fuck, this life I live is amazing. It puts and everything like, into perspective. So, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's hard. I will be honest with you. It's not it easy. Of course it is. Easy, but. Another thing, too, that I wanted to get your take on is like, what would you offer to women listening that are in relationships with with men? And what would you say to them in terms of, because we can only control what we do in a relationship. We can't control what the other person does. But, and a lot of women are sort of like, just, you know, saying out loud, I wish he would just meet me there. I wish he would just do X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, no, you need to look at you and what you need to change. And the other person will meet you there or not. But like anything you're upset that he's not doing is a reflection of something you're not doing for yourself or vice versa. But I would just want to hear from your perspective as a man in the relationship, like, what do you, what would you offer to women listening to allow them to understand their person more, to actually open up some of these conversations more in a healthy way versus like a blamey way and a way that triggers him to go further into his turtle shell? Yeah. What would you say, like any tips you would have for that, I think would be really helpful. Yeah. I mean, open communication is strong, like the biggest thing I'm going to say there, but also like understanding your partner's love language. Mm. is a big part of it really understanding your partner and it's like a lot of people think they know their partner but it's all surface level i think you need to go three four five steps deeper and how you get there is like you being open yourself you expressing how you feel in certain circumstances and situations so it's like if i was in a relationship and i was the feeling it's saying you know like hey this is the trauma i've gone through this is what i'm working on this is like how i feel and this is how it makes me feel when, when you do certain things. And like, as a guy, I think that helps. It like gives us playing field versus this blame game of like, sure, why didn't you do this? And I told you to do this. And that's like, and what that does is it makes us as a guy, like go on the defense. Yes. Really. And like, versus like being on the offense with you of like saying, okay, let's talk. And I don't think a lot of partners have those conversations. I don't know if it's because right. they are, I don't want to say surface level, but like maybe they just don't know who they are. And so right. they like having this like high level view, but like, fuck, you want to be in a relationship that's deep and, and yeah. loving and, right. and gooey and also sticky at times. Yeah. And has, I mean, co- conflict is good. I'm, I'm a big believer of that. I really think that like having f- productive communicative fights is good in yes. a relationship it expands and all those females you. out there all those females out there who like if your guy is getting in a fight with you and you run away that is not the answer the answer <laughs> is to sit there and to talk it out and have it like an open conversation about it yes i think that's very healthy and it's just i think the be open is to give the other person the chance to be open and i think wow. that's the last thing is like is time and and Space. And letting them give them the space that they need, but also like don't shadow them. Yeah. Let them do it on their terms. Everyone yes. is different with their timing. And so it's expressing, being open, and giving them space to truly open up to you. Perfect segue to what I want to end with. You know, Women are in their wounded feminine as well. So we talked a lot about the wounded masculine. Best believe the wounded feminine is alive and well. The wounded feminine is afraid of receiving and creating space to your point. The wounded feminine is trying to force things to happen and 
force solutions and force men to do what they want because they don't feel safe and they don't know how to do it for themselves. And when I say they, I'm right there with you all. So this is what I've learned and had to force myself to go into is like, how can I provide all of my needs to myself first before expecting him to do that, right? One of the best descriptions I ever heard of masculine and feminine is very simply, masculine is doing, feminine is being. Masculine is penetrative energy, feminine is receiving. And women are being asked to relearn the art of receiving because to your point, a lot of women are extremely burnt out living dominantly from their masculine and making all the decisions and all the plans. And they're doing that out of fear that if they just sit back and actually receive that things are going to go wrong and they're not, okay? And they're showing their man that they don't trust him to make decisions and lead. And then men stay further in their wounded masculine versus their divine masculine, right? And I love this visual that this really (laughs) powerful spiritual elder and healer told me, which is feminine and masculine energy is visually like this. Picture a potted plant, okay? The pot is the masculine energy. It holds the blooming feminine that's wild and a seed that blooms into a flower, quote unquote, whatever. The masculine is this hard outer shell that is protective, that is a safe container for the wildness of the feminine to bloom. And when I heard that, I was like, whoa, something shifted within me. And feminine energy is nature, like the ocean, lakes, feminine energy is the wildness of nature. Feminine energy is wild. And a lot of men, you know, secretly want to experience the wild feminine, but also are afraid of it. And women are afraid to be wild. Like even sexually, a lot of women are extremely erotic and want to do crazy shit. And they're very afraid of like going there with a man because can he hold that? And also what is he going to think of me because of our culture being, having all this like language around, you know, how women should be sexually and how men should be sexually. And that's a whole other episode. Maybe we'll talk about that next time. But you know, <laughs> you are no, just <laughs> <laughs> but you are a surfer and you know I, I I love, I mean you do all the cool stuff outside, but like I love surfing and I've watched you surf a couple of times. And like I always feel like when I look at surfers, I think, wow, like when you're surfing, you are interacting with the wildest version of the feminine, which is the ocean. Talk to me about lessons you've learned in surfing specifically that have taught you about like yourself, about the earth, about masculine and feminine energy, about risk. Like just talk to me about your experience of surfing because I feel like surfing is a very spiritual practice, weirdly. I don't know. (laughs) I love it. I mean, it's my mother Gia, my mother earth. It's a place that wherever I'm stressed, I'm like stuck in my head. I don't know which way's up, I go to the ocean and it's just like this feeling of like rebirth, rejuvenation. It's, it's ungodly. I, I can't describe it, but like, I love it. It's definitely, yeah. definitely my passion place. But like when I'm surfing, I mean, there's multiple ways I can go with this, but like every wave is different for me, yeah. right? So you're out in the water and you're literally out there sitting there in this body of ocean. Yeah. Catching a wave that's like naturally made and riding it and like for me i'm like very competitive so it's like every wave like if i blow it on a turn i blow it on something i get frustrated because you only have a select amount of waves that you serve in a session right and so it's like learning to be patient and like learning that like 
there's a lot of people out there, but like learning that like every wave doesn't always not always meant for you. And so you have to wait for your wave. Wow. And you have to wait for and once you're on that, that wave to be to be patiently yeah. aware of it, that you're riding this magical form of wave that's created from Mother Earth, which is nuts to think about when you like I, I don't think about that when I'm surfing, but like you're riding this wave and it's like it's the one moment in my life and the one time in my life that like I'm just in flow and I'm just like riding something that's connected to something and it's like time stops sound stops it's just like this blissful experience that like I just feel so grounded and connected to everything around me but also there's like there's the beauty in the the ocean but also the danger right there's yes I've searched ways that are like 10 15 feet when you're surfing with like in four feet of water and like it's yeah dangerous one wrong move and you can break a neck you can hit the reef you know it's like so practical and so like yeah the better you get the more you realize of like how one small thing can really mess your day up or life up or whatever i mean i i said this as a kid i think it's so cheesy but i'm gonna say it say it. like life is like a wave it forms peaks and crashes wow yeah i feel that deeply I feel like in that there's such a juxtaposition of the masculine and the feminine too, you know, of the wave being the wild feminine and the masculine being ourselves having to navigate that and make choices consciously with how we want to experience life because life is going to throw a lot of waves at us, you know, and I love how you said not every wave is meant for us. Not everything is meant for us or everyone, you know, and growing up, I just feel like we continue to get better at discerning how to navigate the waves of life and the peaks and the valleys, but also honoring like that wasn't for me. That one passed me by quote unquote, but it's for a reason. And the next one I will catch. Yep. And when you're out there too, and you get tossed and turned or underwater, I think that is a lesson itself of like, people don't realize this, but like in big waves, when you get held under, people want to like paddle and like, you know, swim to the top as fast as you can. Yeah. But really what you need, but what you need to do is just be calm mm. and like patient and like yeah. just be relaxed because that's what happens is your breath, you can hold your breath longer. So it's kind of like talking about like in life, when things get chaotic, it's not to like scream and cry and run and like try and do everything at once. It's just to like sit there and be within it. And it's like, Sometimes in life, you need to get tossed around because on the other side of it, you're going to make it out and you're going to be on this glassy ocean, you know, day. But like storms come and go, but the ocean will always be there for you and it has its, has your back. But you also have to be aware of it because nature's got its beauty and power in so many different ways. You can't turn your back to it. That's what a lot of people don't realize too. You have to embrace it and accept it, but never turn your back on the oceans. Number one rule I tell people, and in life, it's like maybe that's like the juxtaposition or like the kind of the synonym of life of like never turn your back on yourself. Never turn your back on what's around you. Embrace it all. Feel what's inside, and learn from it. And and ride every day. It's ride every wave like it's its last. I think that's a good one. Ride every wave like it's last because you don't know 
if there's another one after that. Wow. I have chills. Here's to never turning our back on ourselves again. Thank you for being just all that you are, Zach. I can't express it enough. The depth that you are capable of, the way you communicate with such power and ease. I think when anyone's in your presence, you put people at ease. It's such a gift. And I know that you hold a lot for people. And I just pray that you continue to find people that can hold the space for you. You know, I also am excited to see how you continue to lead by example in this world and really embody the visionary that you're here to be. And this like the things you're here to create and build, not only through True Wild, but through other ventures that I don't think have happened yet for you. But I just want to say personally, thank you for being such a safe space for Lolo. Like I, oh boy, I could count on one hand the men I trust, the way I trust you. And it's really been such a gift, like a true divine gift. Our souls obviously know each other. And here we are again. And I just thank you so much for being true, like soul family to me, truly. I'm touched. Well, thank you for everything you've done and the container and space that you've given me and let me love, cry, communicate my feelings too. And it's special. So you always have a a low, low place in my heart. Oh, thank you, Zach. I would love for you to let everyone know where they can connect with you and also everything about True Wild. Definitely plug some of the products that you would recommend people get started with if they want to try the brand for the first time and any other place that you want to make sure people can connect with you. Yeah. So check us out on Instagram at True Wild. So it's T-R-U underscore wild. You can find us on our on our website, Amazon. Walmart, eBay, some other places as well. If someone wants to try our product, I would say use code WILD20. I'll give you 20% off your first order. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say start with hydrate, greens, and motion. And hydrate, think of that as a no sugar added electrolyte mix. Yep. And then our motion is a all-natural plant-based pre-workout through through natural sources of caffeine, hydration, and we throw in some adaptogens as there in there as for mental clarity and focus. And then the greens, think of our, our greens as a like athletic greens, but half the price, same ingredients, better taste. Mm. And then you can find me. I'm not private, but my Instagram is ZStar77. And we didn't talk about that, but that's a, there's another <laughs> story behind the nickname. <laughs> so, so I'll leave a, leave a mystery there. I love it. And then... And if anyone else, male, female, who wants to reach out to me, they can call me, email me, text me. I love communicating and, and healing and trying to like create containers for other people. So I am so grateful that we we had this chat and warms my heart. And now I'm just like even more energized than yeah. ever. Same. This is what we do for each other. Thank God for you. <laughs> I am so grateful, Zach. Thank you again so much for being here. And I can't wait to see what the rest of this year brings into your life. So thank you, my friend. Same to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon. And who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, Low. Love.